be no cursing on this episode. Lex, do you understand me, young man? Uh, yeah. I will tell I'll your mother. Remember that. Um, I, I will fine. let her know that you're you're using bad words um, oh, no. because I don't have the time to edit those out. Uh, so, uh, how was your dub dub? How did it go? That's a phrase now. How was your dub dub? My dub dub was good. I enjoyed it a great deal. How was your dub dub? Oh man, my dub dub was amazing. We went to the same dub dub, but uh, the effects of the detox uh, affect people in different ways. Uh, some people, some people see Craig's. Some people get back and just want to stroke a Tim. But other people, they're done. That's it. After the dub dub, they they move on to pulses new. But no, I feel enlightened and happy. Yeah, I get you. It's kind of surreal. Yeah, it's, it feels like a dream, to be honest. But that it could does. be the jet lag. Um, what was your also, highlight <laughs> of Dub Dub Week? My unexpected highlight was talking to Christian Selick, because he's such a nice dude. Um, he's really nice. Very nice guy. Uh, shout out to Apollo developer. Um, yeah, no, he was really cool. He made the time to speak to us, and he uh, seemed like a really cool dude. And his app is amazing. Ap- Apollo for Reddit. All of those things. Um that was like my unexpected highlight, I would say. Uh, otherwise, I th- I just like just being around that many nerds in one place. You know, it's wonderful. It's kind of weird how this sort of community that you're part of, but sort of low key, because no one you actually speak to in real life like tends to talk about it. And then suddenly, everyone in this city knows what you're talking about. Um, it's weird. It's, it's really cool. It's really worth going, even if you don't. We didn't get dub dub tickets. We just went to AltConf, and it was brilliant. Um, if I go next year, I'd probably apply for Dub Dub, but we'll see. Because um, I'd happily go back just to go to AltConf again. And uh, there was one point where, who did we see? We saw um, when we were walking to, was it Connected Live? And then, like, three different people crossed our paths. So that yeah, was Marco first Armin, it was John Gruber then, coming no, out of his hotel. No, it was John Gruber. That was it. Then, <laughs> this all happened yeah, within John... the space of, like, 30 seconds. It was really odd. Uh John Gruber walked past, then um, uh, David Smith, also known as uh, Underscore. Um, who was, wait, who was the third? Marco and Tiff. Oh, yeah, Marco and Tiff. That was nice. Um, but it was really cool. We got loads of free stickers as well. We did. Loads Lots. of free stickers to stick around Lots our devices. Stickers. Yes. Uh, you're taking yeah. advantage I'm, I'm of that just... on your MacBook, aren't you? I on your am, new yeah, I am. I'm just sad that I only have one overcast stick and I don't know what to do with it. Keep it till the yeah, time I don't is think right. I can use it. I, 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 I will keep it in. A, yeah, I will keep it in a drawer somewhere, and when the time comes, I'll, I'll know it's the time. You know, I'll know it's time for that sticker. But I you don't will know. know when it's right. There will be no. Yeah. You will just know that this device needs an overcast sticker. Do you know what? Right, we, we've been obviously, well, uh, we, as in you and I, obviously, uh, have been talking a lot about sort of our next Macs in light of the Mac Pro. And I think I've come to the sort of semi-realization that I'm looking at a Mac Mini, probably. Um, although I have some gripes, I'm sure we'll, we'll cover this at some point in the future. Um, I'm thinking, 
I might sticker up a Mac Mini. I think that'd look awesome sitting on my that'd desk. Look, that'd look really cool on a desk, I think. Right? I think I that'd think be like really a real... Good. Everything else be super clean, like an, an LG, like 5K, like ultra fine or whatever, like my space gray peripherals, all super clean, but then a stickered up Mac Mini in the middle. I think that'd look, that'd look cool. The Lexbox. The Lexbox, yeah. And How not to is. mention, it's unlikely to like get replaced if that makes sense like i'm much more likely to replace my ipad because like it goes with me and i take it around and it's much more likely to break just because i might drop it or something um and obviously if i do that then i lose all my stickers uh oh no so yeah more valuable than the ipad itself at this point genuinely the ipad's insured (laughs) the stickers uninsured jack should we launch a sticker Sticker insurance service sticker insurance we can have it as part of droplet yeah can be a separate yes. service. Separate service for sticker insurance. Cool. Droplet um, Plus. <laughs> Droplet Plus sticker includes sticker insurance. Only eight ninety nine <laughs> a month. Uh, yeah. Email us at uh, hello at droplet.fm if you want to take up our offer of sticker insurance. Okay, let's move on to Blue Ink Fix It because we have a lot to get through in a short period of time because, yay, edit times. Again, I'm always constrained with edit times. Um so, as I mentioned last episode, when we were back in the California, uh, I acquired a strawberry iMac G3. Uh, I don't have much news on it, other than it's beautiful, I love the colour, uh, and it needs a new hard drive, and it's going to be further practice before I put a flower power, uh, hard drive in the flower power, which I still haven't got the courage to do. Um, but yeah, I'm going to put the hard drive I, and the screws I bought for the flower power into this strawberry boy, and then uh, if that goes smoothly, maybe eventually I'll get around to doing the flower power. Uh, but it's really cool. Uh, it's fully working. I booted it up. It just needs that hard drive. Uh, except uh, the front bezel at the top, the clips holding it on are just gone. Uh, but, you know, yay, 20, 21 years old, as you do. Uh, so, yeah, I'm hyped for that. And that means there are only four left to get. And then uh, the uh, the color quest is over. That'll be weird when it's over. Towers, 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 towers. I, I, I can't wait till... You you do everything and then you come back around and do tray tray loading. Oh, that is going to happen. But <laughs> right, oh dear. All the variants, yay. Yeah, right. Um, tower towers is is a good shout. I really want to go to. I've got a G four tower, as you know. Next is the uh, the nice uh, blueberry blue G three tower. I want to get a G five tower or a Mac Pro because I'm yet to own a Mac Pro. Um. But yeah, what's going on with your uh, your 23-inch cinema display? So we were, as you may be aware, um, in uh, San Francisco and San Jose last week um, and this week, beginning of this week. Um, I suppose when you hear this, it will be last week. Anyway, we went to one particular shop. Uh, what was it called? I don't even remember what it was, it was called. It was I called know Mac, the- which is like Macintosh... Ah, uh, yeah, I'm trying to find what the Mac stood for. I, I got, I did get a photo of it. Um, and this essentially is like a haven for old Macs. It's literally like we could have spent many hours It stands hours for in that Macintosh shop. Everything Store, which I don't... <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, let me find it. Here we go. I've got a picture of the outside here. Macintosh Everything Computer Store. Ah, oh, there we go. Where's he? I mean, that still doesn't necessarily make sense. <laughs> it's pronounced everything. Macintosh everything computer 
and then That's you it. say store really quietly. Store. Um, mate, we'll add a photo in the notes or something. Um, yeah, it, it was it was amazing, and they just had you know old Max for days. You know, like almost all the colors of G threes and um, everything you could possibly ask for, like towers upon towers, towers towered on top of towers. It was yeah, it was very cool. Um, and I got talking to one of the guys in there, and I was asking him, because I do have a cheese grater Mac Pro that doesn't work, um, but I will get it working. Um, and I also have a 23-inch LCD cinema display with it as well, um, which, as far as I'm aware, is in perfectly working order, apart from the fact that it's missing the rather, the rather unique power adapter, which is a real pain. Um, now, these things are a pain to get hold of as well. Like, there's a few on eBay. Um, however, the different sizes, so it came in three different sizes, um, 20, 23, and 30 inches. Now, obviously, obviously each of those different sizes have a, has a different wattage of, obviously, power adapter. Um, now, what I did actually glean from talking to this very knowledgeable guy in, in the store was that when they sort of start to go, they actually sort of need more power. So I'm thinking that I might, if it's the 23-inch one, I might go for the 30-inch power supply um, instead of actually the 23 one. But again, it depends on sort of what I can find. Now, I've been looking on eBay for them and around in places, and you can get them, but they're just expensive. And all the ones that I've seen, none of them are in great condition. And I'm just, they're, they're about roughly around 50 pounds plus shipping. And for a power, just a power adapter, just a power brick, to me that seems excessive. Now obviously they're hard to find and there are a couple I've got on watch that are like forbidding and they're only like 10, 15 pounds at the moment. So I'm going to keep my eye on those and see if I can get one for like 25, 30. Because I don't really want to have to pay 50 pounds for a, just like a, just a power adapter. Um, when one might eventually turn up at some place. Um, so yeah, that's just my dilemma at the moment. And the problem is because they, I don't have another display I can use with this Mac Pro. So I don't have anything I can plug it into to like see what comes up when I turn it on. Um, so kind of my troubleshooting is at a bit of a impasse at the moment because I need a display to hook it up to, but the display, what the only does display it I use? have, um, it's like a, an old DVI thing, I think. Um, Are you sure it's not just the Apple Display Port? Display no, connector, whatever they call it's it. It's not on these, I don't think. I was looking at this earlier. Um, it is a DVI-D. Uh, oh, okay. I haven't a clue. Yeah. I'd have to look that yeah. up. That doesn't, that's D, not anything off DVI the that is, that is the connection here. Um, yeah, I was going to say, if it was Apple DisplayPort, I could have uh, sorted you out. Yeah, they, they did use DisplayPort, the older ones, but then these ones, they switched to DVI-D. And then, interestingly enough, um, the 30-inch one actually uses Dual-Link DVI-D, so I guess it has two. Um, yeah, so interesting enough, the original Apple Cinema Display, um, introduced September 1st, 1999, uh, that had DVI-D. The Fat Boy. The Fat Boy. And then the one they launched... Uh, about a year, but in July of next year, that then went to Apple Display Connector, um, in which the following two, introduced in 2002 and 2003, also both had the Display Connector. Then in 2004, when they introduced the display that I've got, they went back to DVI-D. Um, 
yeah. So no. Well, the display connector was uh, it was a bit like Thunderbolt three in that it wasn't it was meant to be an all in one that carried power USB video. Um, so it was a bit more. Maybe they the theory is they tried that and it didn't work, so they went back to a universal standard. But like for example, I just plugged mine into the cube with one cable, and that's power and everything. It's literally like living in twenty nineteen. Like you can put plug into the USB ports on the back of the display, yeah. and it's just got this one cable going to the computer. It's really cool, really ahead of its time. That is cool. Um, that is cool. cool. Well, I wish you luck in finding that because I want to see if see if you can get this working. Um, yeah, I definitely want to. I want to hook it up to something other than this old display. I mean, I would actually kind of like to kind of use it and see what I can do with it. Um, you know, I got a Mac Pro after all. I might as well try and do something with it. I mean, yeah, you could grate cheese with it. Yeah, right. Right, so uh, let's move on to follow-up. Let's race through that. Uh, nothing too too much to ponder on here. Uh, follow-up. Dove chocolate is galaxy chocolate, uh, but a worse version, in my opinion, uh, when you yeah. did the research and pointed this out shortly after we recorded our last episode. Um, it all made sense because, yeah, <laughs> it is basically Galaxy, but it's not quite the same as Galaxy in the UK. And I think it's not uh, as milky. It's it not as milky. Smooth, That's, you know? it's, it's not. It loses that edge. But the caramel, salted caramel Dove chocolate that we had after, well, I had after we recorded, was the business. Um, that was very, very nice. And I'm, I'm really sad we don't get an equivalent to that over here. So, yep, that, there go our US candy, candy questions answered. Um, Angela Arantz, the former head of retail at Apple, who left in April. Back in March, we started talking about her departure. Uh, she is now on the board of directors at Airbnb. This was from a few weeks ago, but it's just been sitting in our list because it sort of got pushed back because of Dub Dub. Uh, yeah, interesting. It, it really does sound like she and Apple agreed to part ways, probably on good terms, just because the stores went back to pushing products and she was like well that's not why i'm here i was here to make them all pretty and stylish and not very functional and uh she decided to move on that's what it sounds like yeah seems like it maybe i'd imagine we'll probably get like one of those uh reveal all articles in like five years the real story behind angela and i'm sure it will not be all that interesting other than what we've just said yeah sounds about right to me cool Let's have a look. What else have we got? Uh, Powerbeats Pro, which we finally saw somewhat saw a pair of today. Uh, they are delayed in most places uh, until July. The launch of these has been really weird. Like only one color it first. It has been. US, US only first. Then it became like France and the UK and somewhere else. And now most of the world has had it deli- delayed till uh, July. Um, so France... So okay, so first shipped in the US and Canada in May, uh, UK, France, Germany, Australia, and China uh, recently, and uh, the other places it was meant to launch have been ju- delayed to July. Uh, lots of Europe and select Asian countries as well. Uh, I don't think. I mean, there can't really be a problem if if they're on sale in major countries already. It's probably just manufacturing issues. Uh, and I would I wonder if. So. I wonder if the other colors are going to get pushed back as well. Maybe they're just like trying to push as many of these out in black. I really wanted to buy that pair we got today, uh, just because like they're they're taking a while to ship. Eighth um, of July, I think it's on at the moment, which is nearly a month away. But I, I, if I'm going to get a pair, which I think I will, because I really like the look of them. 
and I'm sick of grossing out my AirPods every time I go to the gym. Uh, I, 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 I want to wait for the ivory ones. Oh, ivory now. Yeah, I wanted the navy first, but I've really started to like the ivory. I also agree. I prefer if they were a pure white, like the AirPods. Much prefer yeah. that. Uh, but the ivory is the closest thing to white they do. And they're the pair Keon wants as well. So there could be three of us ending up with the exact same. Pabby's oh, wonderful. Group. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I do like the navy still, but I, I've really come around on the ivory. The moss, no, and the black are just, ugh. Oh, man, it's like the Space Gray Apple Watch. It's like, why do this? Just have some taste. Jeez. Um, the problem is with these is that these being power beats, there will inevitably be some lovely colorful ones in like six months. Um, true. Very true. That's the thing. And I feel like, depending on how much I actually end up going to the gym over the next six months, I feel like I'm just going to wait for some colourful ones, because then, and they will be colourful, and they will be really nice. So I don't think I'm going to actively wait, but I'm not in any hurry to buy them, if that makes sense. So it'll probably yeah. be one of those things I'll be like, oh, next month's paycheck or something. And then by the time I actually do, there'll be colourful ones out. But yeah, it's a very good point. If they bring out those... Uh, blue ones that I want from the uh, studios if they were to bring out like a light baby blue pair oh I'd be all over Ooh. that uh right moving on because I'm really intrigued by those beats so I could talk about them for a while but let's let's move on the next iPhone 10R we have more details on it uh it's going to have a nearly six percent larger battery 5.7 percent larger to be precise uh it will have a 3110 milliamp hour battery compared to the current 2,942 milliamp hour battery in the current model. Uh, the iPhone XR already has the largest battery, uh, best battery life of any iPhone on sale. Uh, whether this increase in capacity will translate to a improvement in battery life or a new feature is using up some of that battery life, who knows, but we will see. Uh, yeah, um, it's still not quite as large as the 10s Max battery, but obviously that is much more power hungry of a phone. Um, I it wouldn't surprise me if they are just sort of pushing battery life. It's something that iPhones have sort of... N they've never had a reputation for having good battery life. However, this 10R is really quite good, so maybe they sort of really want to double down on that um, because it seems... For the type of market that the 10R is sort of going for, the, the demographic there, the demographic there really cares about battery life. Um, so it might be just sort of a, another way to sort of, you know, differentiates itself and you know say yeah this phone is great all the all the great battery life um and teenagers love battery life and people that buy colorful phones probably like battery life i feel like that might be a, a dodgy connection but i'm sure it's there i think it could be uh yeah even if it is just six percent increase they're just you're right maybe they just want to get everything they can out of the battery in this device to to promote it but yeah no i'm excited uh, i'm excited to see this new new 10r sounds like it's gonna be an interesting phone um Tom actually asked me today, should he just buy one now? And I'm just like, no, bro, it's, it's June. Do not buy an iPhone right now. Um, we're past <laughs> dub-dub. That would be insanity. Uh, so, yeah, we're really in the run-up to the new iPhones now. I, I couldn't recommend anyone to buy one right now. Uh, so, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Uh, let's move on to some nano topics. Uh, are you ready to do them? Yeah. Yes. Yay. That means we can do them. So, uh, the Pixel 3a. Uh, I've had this now for, uh, I don't know, a month, coming up to a month. Uh, it's really good. It's really, really good. The camera's very good. Uh, I think overall, 
I genuinely prefer the iPhone one. Uh, I am in the camp of I like how realistic the iPhone camera looks, whereas the Pixel camera, the photos come out a little strange looking to my eye, but they are really sharp and really crisp and really colourful. Uh, but in certain certain situations, they come out a little strange looking. Uh, Night Sight is incredible. Uh, I love it. It's just as good as I was expecting. And that's uh, delivered some of the best shots I've got on that device. I finally installed the Android Q beta yesterday because it wasn't available for the Pixel 3a at launch. It only came out about a week ago. Uh, so now we have a iPhone 10-like navigation on there. It is so Google, this version of the uh, swipe gestures, it is nowhere near as smooth. It really just feels like a clone. Um, but Google effectively admitted that. They said this is what people want, so we're bringing it to Android. And I'm glad it's there because... Once you get used to it, there is no other way to navigate a phone that makes sense, and it's practically a straight copy. Uh, so I'm glad it's there, because why not? Now both my phones do the exact same thing when I swipe up from the bottom. Uh, but um, I love the build quality. Uh, I really like the plastic feel of it. I like the design. I like that I have the purplish one. There's a tint of color there. It Like the 10R. it just appeals to me a lot more than the colors of the iPhone XS. Uh, in fact, it's part of the I like the plastic build quality. I think it's a nice break from really cold premium materials. I think it'd be fun to go back to these sort of... Well, I always loved the iPhone 5C, uh, but most people didn't. I, I think it's one of the, it's probably the nicest iPhone to hold in your hand. It's so comfortable. I love the 5C. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just me. I love that it's USB-C. I've been on two trips with it, and the fact that I can just charge my Switch, my iPad, my Mac, and my Pixel all off the same charger... Please, Apple, bring USB-C to the iPhone. Uh, please. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great phone. Android is Android. It, it's, it's really good now. But the whole thing feels just standalone. Like, you can't even, like, do a full backup like you do in iCloud. Like, files get backed up to Google Drive. App data gets backed up automatically. Things, settings get backed up. But it's not like an iCloud backup. Like, even that kind of support isn't there. But it's it's getting very pretty. But again, the whole thing feels just like this is my phone and my phone is my phone. It's not part of this bigger ecosystem that Apple is famous for. And I really like that. So, well, I really like the ecosystem. I don't like the fact that the Pixel doesn't have one of those. Sure, you do have a bit of a Google ecosystem going on. In fact, quite a big one. But it's nothing like what the iPhone has. Uh, there are other things about it that I can note. Uh, stupid things like what I love about Android, and I remember this from my Nexus days, there are so many features, but almost all of them are off by default because almost all of them don't work very well. So like uh, swiping down on the back on the fingerprint sensor to bring down your notification screen from the top when you're holding the phone in one hand. It's awesome. Great feature. Doesn't work very well. You, that's why it's turned off by default. Honestly, it's so intermittent. When it works, it's like, this is really cool. Why wouldn't you want to just swipe down on the fingerprint scanner on the back and bring up your notifications? Not very consistent, but, you know, it's cool. Uh, it is slow. You Lots of reviews are saying that it's slow, especially compared to the Pixel 3, and Pixels are known for getting slower with updates. Uh, yeah, it's, it's slower than my iPhone. You could live with it. Um, if you had nothing to compare it to, you probably wouldn't notice. It's absolutely fine, but... Yes, it is noticeable compared to an iPhone XS. Much slower at launching apps and things like that. Uh, I haven't really touched the video camera because even though it is like 4K, I, I think, it's 
just apparently not very good. But for a free 99 phone, really fine. Um, the always-on display, the lock screen, takes advantage of that OLED display, which we sadly still didn't get delivered in iOS 13 either. Uh, it's really cool. It displays the time, the date, so the notifications, and it also displays a uh, charge level and uh, if you can turn it on so that if a song is playing in the background it will do almost like Shazam actually just show up on your lock screen what song is playing it's really cool and Android Q introduced Raise to Wake so you lift it up it then goes to your proper lock screen with your wallpaper in, in Pi you couldn't actually see your lock screen wallpaper without like so obviously when you put your finger on the fingerprint scanner it unlocks and goes to your home screen uh, but in Pi you would pick it up it'd have this black always on display you then if you want to see your wallpaper for whatever reason uh, say you had a cool picture there you'd have to press the sleep button then wake it up and then scan the fingerprint and let you in but now with uh, Q you just lift it up and then it goes out of this always on sort of sleep mode to show your full lock screen with full notification previews and then you unlock it uh, so that's that's a nice improvement but yeah I really really like it and that and the 10R are the two phones I'm recommending to people well sort of because i also recommend the iphone 7 because it's a bargain but best value wise pixel 3a if you're heading android iphone 10r if you're heading ios i'm really pleased with it and i'm i'm having a lot of fun with it yeah i mean i i think just the thing to sort of the takeaway from all of that is that it's a really good phone for 399 i think incredibly that's, that's good thing at the end of the day um is that yeah there are obviously downsides but you know of course there are you're paying 399 for a phone it's not going to be as snappy as an iphone 10s but for most people as you say it's perfectly serviceable and there are some features on it which are you know really really good i mean obviously when, when we were wandering around in san fran some of the uh at nighttime some of the photos that you've got uh, are you're you're right they're not accurate but they look amazing if that makes sense you know they aren't you know realistic and i say the iphone camera is more true to true to life but the google pixel camera is just more vibrant and maybe a bit more interesting um which these days is probably what people want anyway uh you know in the masses at least anyway um i think i said before like a long time ago maybe when the pixel 3 came out and we were doing the show because that was all that sort of all started around the same time i seem to remember saying something that really holds up after using one the pixel gets a better shot than the iphone most of the time in pretty much all the conditions the pixel gets a more pleasing to look at image but the iphone in my opinion is capable of capturing better images in total if that makes sense so you are able to get better images off the iPhone, but they have to be very specific conditions, whereas the Pixel will do a better picture most of the time. Yeah, yeah. The The ceiling is high with the iPhone, but sort of as a general baseline, the Pixel's solid. Yeah. Cool. Let's talk about uh, toy cars. Let's do it, yeah. So uh, you can do this because I just talked about a Pixel for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Hot Wheels. We all have Hot Wheels. Um, Mattel, the company that makes them, um, they're doing a new thing with Apple, and it's kind of cool, I guess. Uh, yeah, it is cool. It is definitely cool. Um, so, they have introduced and launched, as of today, something called the Hot Wheels Smart Track Kit. Um, the race portal and Hot Wheels ID vehicles, um, which interesting enough are exclusively are exclusively available from Apple, as I said, starting today. 
essentially the idea is that all of these traditional Hot Wheels cars have NFC tags on them. Um, and the smart track kit whatever tech is actually in this smart track kit obviously works with these cars along with an app you can download on an iphone or an ipad um, called the race portal and essentially you can keep track of speed you can count the laps uh, you can build a digital garage of all of your cars um, and loads more um, so essentially it's kind of like it looks to me kind of like virtual uh scale electrics almost um, and it looks kind of cool. Uh, at the moment, there is the Hot Wheels ID setup. includes 51 die-cast cars, all obviously with their own NFC tags. Um, and there's going to be six mini collections released throughout 2019, which are all $7. Not too bad. Um, and you can kind of like level them up, and there's like digital, obviously, game sides to it, which everyone's jumping on these days. And there's probably some microtransactions in there somewhere. wouldn't surprise me. Um but yeah, it looks really cool. It's basically like a, a, a smart Hot Wheels track thing that you can track all your cars and the speed and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, so that's about, well, as you can see, news is quiet this week. Um, can I just say, neither of us knew this. When we woke up this morning, this wasn't a thing. No. <laughs> but no, it actually sort of a was thing. a thing today. Like, what? Yeah, and and it's not cheap either. Like the vehicles, the ve- like the cars are the, the cheapest thing. They're seven dollars. The race portal is forty dollars, and the track that's one hundred and eighty dollars. Like it's not cheap. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you, you said earlier, someone someone rang us up today and we're like, "Do you have them yet?" And we're like, "No," and it also says exclusive to Apple, so we won't be getting them probably. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of odd. It took us both by surprise because this was literally announced today, and we've already had people asking about it. Um, like I saw them when I was on my lunch, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to look into that too much because it looks like another like eye toy. And then yeah, right. <laughs> and then <laughs> it's some, like half an hour later, someone got like angry at me for saying we don't have them. <laughs> I, could, I was like, what on earth? Where did this come from? Um, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, the Apple it's, store is kind almost... of full of like toys that don't really ever catch on properly because like the they're either too expensive to get into or they're just unnecessarily gimmicky techy. This kind of does look gimmicky techy, but maybe this one people will actually get into. Um, still quite expensive, but I don't know. I could see this one actually kind of taking off a bit. We shall see, I guess. I, I, I agree with you. I could see a, a, a market that continues on for this, like new cars, obviously, new features. Yeah, yeah it sounds pretty cool. But yeah, no, it's, it was the way, the tone the guy used with me as if it was almost like, have you not heard about these? I've known about these for ages. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> well, we don't have okay, them. Go dude. to Apple because they're exclusive to <laughs> Apple. Um, <laughs> all right, let's 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 climb on out of the nanotopics and do some actual topics. We're racing for it today. Mm, nice, smooth, easy edit. Easy edit. Uh, cool. So this has been in the uh, topic list for a while. Um, Microsoft and Sony uh, are becoming boys. Uh, they have announced they're doing a cloud gaming partnership. Uh, so they're going to use Microsoft's Azure platform to uh, f- help expand both companies future endeavors in the cloud gaming space uh so both of them are doing their own sort of thing but they've also agreed to use microsoft's cloud services platform uh so this is a bit of a blow to amazon uh 
AWS hosts most of the internet. Uh, nothing's going to Google either, uh, but they're they're busy with their own uh, Stadia platform. Um, so yeah, it's it's really cool to see the big boys playing together. Uh, and uh, I'm happy to see this continued peace between Microsoft and Sony, and I'm really excited for what this brings because cloud gaming is definitely going to be a big thing. It's a bit like foldable phones. I don't think it's quite as ready as the companies would like you to think, but it's very close, and it's it's definitely the way things are going. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, it's definitely happening more and more. Um, obviously, with this Google Stadia thing, whether that pans out or whether it's just sort of a, I don't know. I mean, I was I was reading the other day um, that you know it sounds you, like a concept to me. I think it'll be a very yeah, good proof of concept, like but I don't think this will cool be cool and stuff. You know, it, it, and it is it has the potential to be very cool, but in the real world, streaming a four K game, I just I'm not sure we're quite there yet. Um, Hopefully soon, and maybe this, maybe Google Stadia will be obviously the platform in which it does finally become sort of a, a, a realistic choice for gaming, you know, high quality, and, and again, like high quality gaming, not just sort of, you know, your indie games, you know, AAA titles at, you know, full 4K resolution, um, which, I mean, you know, obviously they've... Xbox recently announced the E3, the specs obviously for Project Scarlet, which will be their next Xbox, and, you know, that can potentially even do 8K. Um, and obviously that's not cloud-based or anything like that. That will be a, a you know, a computer thing that sits under your TV. Um, but, you know, that's the kind of thing cloud gaming is going to have to compete with. And streaming 4K, you know, to a TV, you know, lossless, and, you know, obviously getting trying to get that latency down... Ah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of skeptical. I hope it works because it has the potential to be really cool and obviously sort of reduce the um, uh, the you know the the entry price into sort of 4K gaming because not only obviously you've got to buy a 4K TV, you've got to buy a 4K console, which you know around three four hundred pounds, um, which obviously isn't cheap, and then obviously you've got to buy all the games, and obviously with Stadia has the potential, obviously at least initially, to be a lot cheaper. And obviously they will charge you, you know, obviously you know monthly or however they've set that stuff up. Um, but hopefully, you know, it can obviously be you know a much cheaper way to get into this kind of stuff. I just am skeptical whether it's going to work or not. Um, and yes, this sort of amalgamation of um, Xbox and PlayStation and Microsoft and Sony is, I would say, you know, just they're getting ready to obviously, you know, ship their um, competitive systems or, you know, whatever they do, go go with that. And obviously, at the end of the day, Microsoft with Azure, you know, they do, they do, do quite a lot. You know, as you say, it is a bit of a blow for Amazon, not that massive in the, you know, in the grand scheme of things, but I'm sure AWS would have liked Sony's business. Um, but, you know, it, yeah, I'm I agree with you. It's nice to see Microsoft and Sony playing nice together um, and teaming up to take down Google, bro. Yeah, take down the Googles. Um, they had, yeah, obviously there were other options to them, more traditional options, but instead they decided to go with their biggest rival in the field, which I think is brilliant. I, it's, I, like obviously they've been working on more and more cross-platform games and compatibility. This can only lead to a future where things really talk to each other nicely. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited. I was really glad when I saw this, and uh, I man, I I really love Microsoft at the moment. I really, really do. Um, I, they're really growing on me as a company. I like what they're doing, and uh, I like the uh, 
the ways they're moving forward and away from their past, which was like completely based on Windows and nothing else. And now they're doing cool tech things. Um, Windows obviously is still their primary business, but it, it's it's not their brand anymore. That's the difference, uh, which is which is quite cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we walked into a few Microsoft stores in the US, and uh, you just wouldn't know that, other than the logo, you wouldn't know right. that there was a, that they were. Wait, you guys do Office? That's you. You make Word? What? Like it, it, you? Yeah, you wouldn't know. They are hardware stores, which is nice, actually. It's um, really although nice. The hardware is good. Build quality. Some of it's questionable. Yeah, some of it's questionable. The Surface Book 2. I really, really like the Surface Book 2. I think it looks nicer than the current MacBook Pros. I, I It does look really nice, definitely. They do look really nice. Um, I mean, aside from just as a whole, though, um, they do have some cool stuff, but they do just need to, I feel like, work on the fit and finish. It's all a bit plasticky, even though they're not made of plastic, if you know what I mean. It's now for Romeo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks nice. Feels nice-ish. Looks nice. A lot better than it was 10 years ago. Feels nice-ish. <laughs> yeah. Still falls yeah. apart. Functional-ish. Um, Pretty functional. But will, will, will fall apart. Um, but yeah, I mean, they make some really cool stuff. I'm a big, big fan of the uh, the Surface Studios. Those are awesome. Oh, that, that's one of my dream computers at the moment, honestly. Yes. so If Apple cool. were to bring out a 27-inch display running iPad OS, oh, my goodness. I would jump on that so fast. Yeah, they are really, really cool. And yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Microsoft are doing some cool stuff. I like, we, we here at the Blue Ink Show like cool tech stuff, and they're doing cool tech stuff. So props to them. Aha, this is cool. The Google Pixel 4, more Pixel stuff. So, I have <laughs> so many things to say about this. So, we know almost for certain that the iPhone this year is going to come with a square, massive camera bump. This was a bit of a thing at first, and now it's sort of just accepted. And I don't believe any other phones due out with one quite like it. And I say due because, like it or not, what, regardless of what you think about Apple, they do set design trends. It's simply a fact. They're not always the first. In fact, very rarely. Like, look at the notch that was on other devices first, like the Essential phone and things like that. But as soon as Apple started doing it, everyone had to do it. And that's a bit of a shame because we need to get rid of notches but that's another story but anyway the iphone's got this massive bump so obviously other phones are gonna follow the google pixel 4 is due out in october if it follows tradition a month after the iphone should be out now some cases for the iphones some from case makers came out and they fit our expectations and then shortly after that pixel 4 cases came out which also had a massive square camera cutout now, at first, people were sort of just thinking, okay, this is probably a logical guess. Will they? Like, Google are very famous for being strong and firm about the, the one camera set up on the current Pixel phones. Uh, but then Google basically said, we can see you guys have been hyped about this, and seeing as you're talking about it so much, here's a picture of the back of our new phone that isn't out for, what, another four months? And it has a massive camera bump. It's huge. It's pretty much identical to the one that's due on the iPhone 11. And then, literally today, I think, 
a picture from London. Actually, someone spotted someone in public using a Google Pixel 4. They got very high-res images of this person holding a Pixel 4. It's completely anonymous, but it looks very legit. Um, and we can see quite clearly that under this bump are just two lenses. And that's where it really stings, because you don't need a big square bump for two lenses. <laughs> I honestly... When Google tweeted this photo, I assumed, wow, they're jumping straight from one camera to maybe four or something. But no, they're just going down the double lens route, which that stings because in my eyes, this is entirely a, a design decision because the iPhones are going to be called out for having this. Maybe positive, maybe negative, but it will be known that the 2019 iPhones have this big camera bump on the back, this big, big camera bump. And if Google get a phone into public minds via Twitter before Apple do, it's just sort of beating them to the punch, really. And that annoys me, especially when it's only there to house two lenses. I can't really believe that that's technologically necessary. Uh, having said that, as uh, Dieter Bond pointed out, what are Google going to be doing with this second lens? Because they've been so insistent, as I say, that one lens is the right solution. The fact that they're moving to two must mean they've got something pretty special going on. And I don't doubt for one minute that this what this extra lens does will be cooler than the, what the three lenses do combined on the iPhone 11. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. I think it's really exciting. I cannot wait to see this phone. And as, again, Dieter Bond pointed out... Uh, it sounds like this year, hopefully, fingers crossed, Google are going to make the Pixel a true flagship. Um, price it higher, why not? If you're doing this cheaper Pixel line about the price that the Nexus used to be, because it was always annoying that the Pixel replaced the Nexus, and then it was so much more expensive, but not much better. It was just a more modern Nexus. So start pricing these things high and make them amazing and hope for once they sell well, uh, because they're great phones, but, but yeah... I'm excited for the Pixel 4, especially after seeing this, and I love that they're already using them in public. This phone is done, pretty much, then. Uh, it might come out before the iPhone. Who knows? We will see. Uh, cool. Do you want to talk about some uh, some really positive news? Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, so, it is this time of year again um, when we get some new uh, model numbers that have been registered, this time in the Eurasian Economic Commission's database. That is usually where these things show up first, to be honest. Yeah, this, yeah. This database. Yep. Um, so we have seven new model numbers. Um, I won't bore you with them all, but they are... Some of them are, you know, concentric, some of them aren't. Um, now, these... All of these seven models appear to be Macs. They are Mac Mac model numbers, um, but they are also, interesting enough, all appear to be notebooks, as they are described as portable computers, which is very yes. promising. Very yes, promising. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, um, so goodness we don't me. obviously have any idea of what these are, other than obviously the rumors that we've heard. Uh, this new um, heavenly 16-inch redesigned MacBook Pro that everyone desperately wants to solve everyone's problems, um, which we also heard is being sort of designed by the, the uh, professional workflow team, which also worked on the Mac Pro as well. So and yeah, iMac everyone's, Pro. And iMac Pro as well. Uh, so hopefully that's also promising news. Um but obviously there's seven model numbers, so it's obviously more than just the one laptop. Um, 
rumours are maybe a 14-inch one, but also maybe a new 12-inch MacBook. It's certainly <laughs> overdue. <laughs> overdue. Um, last <laughs> refreshed in June 2017. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> what? I don't know. I um, If it is... I'm very excited. I hope so. I don't know how specific these model numbers are, whether they're just uh, capacities and specs or what. I don't know. Does seven model numbers translate into seven... It can't translate into seven screen sizes. I don't know. But No, no, it is done by storage, these ones as well. So depending on what they ship with the storage, these would be the standard configurations. So So this could be... Two of each, usually. Precisely. So. Exactly. Two of each. What's interesting, though, is if you look at these model numbers, they've got A2141 and A2147, which I would imagine are two variants of the same thing. You've then got A2158 and A2159. Again, probably variants, as, as they're literally consent. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know the word I'm looking for. Um, then you've got A2179 and A2182. Again, pretty close. So they're probably, you know, the same device, maybe different storage. But then... We have an outlier, A2251, uh, which for some reason, there may be nothing to it, and you're right, it could be totally random, um, but it is a significant jump, and that one's just listed by itself, so maybe that's the ARM one. Um, well, that could knows? be ARM, or that could be... I'm looking at it, I'm just looking at it, so like I can see... It doesn't quite add up, does it? <laughs> Seven it isn't. I if it was an even number, inch. it would. Mm. I could see the 16 inch being that outlier and just being. I could one see model. it only coming in like one storage option or something ridiculous, and all the others would be like CTOs because this doesn't take CTOs into account. So it might be that off the shelf, it only comes in like a 512 SSD or even a terabyte SSD or something crazy. Yeah, I can see them positioning this new 16-inch MacBook Pro kind of like they positioned iMac Pro and Mac Pro. Like this is the really good one. And it starts with just a terabyte. Um, I could see that. I could definitely see that. To me, this sounds like MacBook Air refresh, possible 12-inch refresh. Honestly, I... The reason the 12-inch, to me, hasn't been updated is it is the obvious contender to start playing with ARM. Uh, I don't think it... I don't want it to be the one they introduce ARM on for a couple of reasons. One, they're not great computers and not many people buy them. And I feel like I kind of want people to be like, yes, let's go buy the ARM laptop now. But I don't want a 12-inch screen. Obviously, it's going to move down the line, but... I don't want it to be the 12-inch that it gets introduced on, but it's the one that makes perfect sense. So while I can't tie up, quite tie up the model numbers, because you never know, you could have one capacity of one and then three of the other. Who knows? Like the MacBook Air might start getting three storage options. Maybe they're dropping the 2017 one and you're going to get a 128256512 or so. Who knows? Uh, But I think it is really interesting, as you point out, that A2251 um, and... From from this day forward, I'm hyped for A2251. Yeah, I agree. Um, however, maybe, just maybe, that these are all portable MacBooks, or Macs, portable Macs. Maybe wheels. the A2251 wheels. is the one with wheels. It's the, the one Mac with Pro. wheels. I could see that. <laughs> like, it wouldn't be the stupidest thing. 
<laughs> it wouldn't uh, be. Uh, imagine if, if what they mean by portable is that, yeah, this one has wheels. I'm I'm going to go with this being something arm, something 16-inch, and the rest being a, a mix of MacBook Airs and Intel 12-inch MacBooks. I don't know, but we'll see. The rest of them don't I'm interest really me a great deal. It's just that. It's the A2251. That one's interesting. Well, that on, honestly, within such a crazy model number like that, it's it's either going to be the 16-inch MacBook Pro or or an ARM Mac. Now, the 16-inch yeah. sounds more likely, but both are on the cards, and you could easily have the 16-inch be that A2182 or something, and then the ARM being the 2251. Um, yeah, definitely. Mm, very interesting. So it sounds like we're going to get a full keynote for Macs. I'd imagine, to coincide with the launch of Mac Pro, you're going to get a, another keynote. But... Uh, Ooh, exciting times. I'm liking this. Tasty, tasty Mac year again. Right? Two years in a row, Mac is being sorted out. Um, especially with that Behind the Mac campaign they're running at the moment. They've really dedicated it. I love it. Uh, but to me, if I had to put money on it, I'd say Mac Pro is going to ship in October. Uh, I think there'll be a Mac keynote in October. I know they had that thing where it said coming September on the website briefly, but then it went back to saying coming fall. To me, that sounds like when they couldn't decide whether 10R was capitalized or not. People who code the website write different things in different places. The memo didn't get out. Uh, I personally think, yeah, it'll be October. And it could be one of those years where uh, Catalina, so the Mac OS release, comes out in October. That happens quite regularly. So you get iOS in September, and then you get Mac OS in, in October alongside new Mac hardware. Uh, but, but that didn't happen last year, I don't think. I think uh, Mojave came out at the same time as iOS, or like a week later. And then there was Mac hardware in, in October. But we'll see. I think it's going to be a big autumn for the Mac. I'm, I'm really excited. Really excited. And you thought last year was good. But Mac Pro and seven new notebooks this fall. Mmm. Nice. Nice. Right? Oh, man. The Mac. I miss the Mac. Mac's good. I love the Mac. Uh, cool. So today, here in the UK, the Apple Watch finally arrived on O2, which is a phone network here in the UK. Uh, since the Series 3 came out nearly two years ago, it's been on EE. It joined Vodafone last September with the Series 4. I was somewhat expecting Series 5 to come to O2, but no, out of the blue, this morning, O2 started offering it, meaning of the major networks, three is the only network in the UK which still doesn't offer the Apple Watch, which is the network I was on prior to the Series 3 being out, and then I intentionally switched because there was no world when 3 were going to support it. Uh, I'm very glad I'm not still waiting nearly two years later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and there are other minor networks in the UK that don't support it, but of the big players, 3 are the only ones left now. So yeah, we've nearly got full Apple Watch coverage over here in the UK. Which is nice. That is nice. Um, yeah, O2 was definitely the big one that wasn't doing it, and 3... Secondly, but obviously they are now they're now the ones to uh, start. Hopefully, O2 was a big one not doing it because O2 were the original exclusive carrier of the iPhone in the UK for the first couple of years. Up until like halfway through the 3GS, you could only get the iPhone on O2, and they're a big network. Like historically, Vodafone are bigger and have lots of business contracts still. But from a consumer point of view, it was far more surprising that Vodafone got the watch and O2 didn't last year. Um, it's yeah. been really weird that O2, who are a massive, massive consumer-facing phone network, <laughs> just not supported the Apple Watch all this time. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's cool that it's, it's it's moved on over. I would love to know how much money has been exchanged with these exclusive Apple Watch deals from the networks to Apple. 
EE have a lot of exclusives when it comes to Apple. They get lots of things first. They do. Uh, so I would love to see what kind of partnership they've got going on. Obviously, I'm sure they're going to get the uh, probably early pickings at the 5G iPhone like they did with the iPhone 5 back in 2012. Uh, but that's a long way away. But we'll see. See when that when that launches. Because it's kind yeah. of weird. Because EE have just launched their five G network over here in the UK. Um, and have. the next doing it are three, which are the people that don't support the Apple Watch. Interesting. So yeah, we're we're a bit weird over here. And three claim it's going to be faster than EE, and I really don't believe that. Maybe for brief moments, but not sustained periods of time. The problem with three is that their network coverage is great if you're in the Greater London. <laughs> and that's about it. That's it. Once you go outside, nah. Because they don't have a 2G network. Uh, and I'd imagine they'll probably end up switching off their 3G network when the 5G one launches. Uh, so you're, you're really, if you're out in the sticks, you're out of luck. Uh, whereas EE and... I remember when I was on 3, I never saw Edge on my phone for years. And then I moved to EE and then it started getting an Edge signal. And GPRS and things like that, which I hadn't seen since I was on O2, like, years ago. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, so, we've talked about a lot of positive stuff. Let's talk about a uh, slight negative. Uh, so, obviously, the Galaxy Fold. Still don't know when it's turning up. It's sort of gone quiet at this point. Samsung reckon they fixed it, but it still hasn't shipped. Well, we were kind of expecting this, but Huawei came out today and said the Matex has been delayed from June till September. Uh, so who knows who's going to be first to market? Will it be Samsung? Will it be Huawei? We still don't know. Huawei have said they are taking the time to further test the quality and make sure they don't ruin their reputation uh, on a faulty product, as if that's what's going to ruin their reputation right now, that their foldable, their three grand foldable phone isn't great. That's what, that's what's going to damage their reputation. Um, but they subtly sort of had a little dig at Samsung saying, yeah, we're not, we're not launching this too early. Whether or not they ran into problems, who knows? They haven't indicated that, but I would imagine that the Matex is more, even more complex than the Galaxy Fold and, ah, yeah, I wonder what happened, man. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? This whole folding phone debacle, it does interest me a lot. Because um, I guess it, it, it's the first sort of new product that's tried to work its way and create itself a market for quite a while, really. Um, obviously, I guess the last thing being sort of smartwatches and the Apple Watch. Um, and it is interesting. Uh, <laughs> and I'm kind of, what interests me, though, is uh, sort of what this, you know, Huawei's other predicaments that they're in at the moment. <laughs> um, and I wonder whether that has any impact as well. Probably. I mean, they are busy developing their own mobile operating system now. So right. <laughs> they've got other pressing matters. They also can't use the ARM architecture in their future processors. So they've got pretty big issues going on right now. They don't need to be messing around with a niche new experimental product category. But the Matex is pretty far into development. But honestly, I, I don't know at least in like the US and the UK and things and like the Western world right now, who's going to invest nearly $3,000 in a Huawei phone. That's already a niche product with the risk that you won't be able to access Google services in the future. Mm, yeah. I, I, I worry the galaxy fold feels like a much safer bet. Even though the Matex is prettier, if I was buying one for, for like experimental purposes and just checking out what these are all about, I would definitely go for the galaxy fold even though it had those issues. That is how, like, 
cautious I am about investing in a Huawei product right now. Yeah, it just it really sucks to be honest. Um, it really whether, sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were they they were doing well. They were you know sort of on a beeline to become a major player in 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 obviously in in the smartphone market. But it seems at the moment they've had a bit of the wind kicked out of them. I get it'd be interesting to see obviously what happens in the long run. Um, but yeah, I mean not. It, Either being able to use obviously Android as an OS and obviously ARM architecture in their silicon, that's a big deal. Like that's that's killer for many companies, um, and they will live and die on how well this weird what do they call it Hong. Hold on. Uh, oh, the new Hong, OS. Hong like Meng. Hong, Hong Meng. Hong Meng is is the name, catchy, which is man. catchy. Catchy. Yeah, right. Catchy. Um, in quote six to nine months. Um, I wouldn't want to build an OS in six to nine months, but apparently Huawei are up for it. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I fear Huawei will end up as a as a Chinese platform product that only exists within China. I mean, wouldn't be the as I've said before, it wouldn't be the worst thing. There's a lot of business in China, but obviously you'd prefer to be a global product. I still think this will probably all just stop at some point and everything will go back to normal. But right now, Huawei look slightly doomed as far as they as far as outside of china are concerned i mean they can't use arm chips uh, which is what the rest of the mobile world runs on and they can't use android which is guess what what almost all the mobile world runs on so yeah mm, tough times and uh, as i say you know you wouldn't want to be spending a lot of money on a folding huawei phone if you can't watch youtube videos on it yeah definitely not man crazy stuff there's a lot going on in the tech world at the moment. A lot going on. It's quite now we've had Dub Dub. It's now the quite. It's the summer break for Apple. Mm. <laughs> it's my favorite. Everyone else is heating up, but Apple was just like, so all right, developers, go do your things. We'll regroup back in September. See, show us what you got, and we'll give you some new hardware <laughs> yeah. to, to to play with. That is literally what happens in the Apple world. Summer break. Um, yeah. Yeah. But inside Apple, they're going to be working hard because there should be a new beta out in a couple of days. Hopefully it'll be less broken than the current one. Catalina's fine. Ish. Ish. It's fine. Ish. It's just low-key really broken. You know? So we've both been running Catalina since we last recorded on our MacBooks. Um, both of us on our desktops, which is what we're on at the moment, have stayed away from it. Uh, but on our on our MacBooks, we both have it. It's broken. Yeah, it's, it's really broken. Totally usable. But uh, I'd keep it well off my main machine. As for iOS yeah. and iPad OS, neither of us had touched them. I nearly, nearly did iOS because we're home now. I don't really mind what goes on if I get some weird phone bugs. But lots of the apps I rely on, according to Mac rumors at least, are just straight up broken. It's literally no go for me this year. Uh, iPad OS, I am going to do as soon as the first public beta drops because apparently that is a nightmare right now. But people are using it like. I know Federico's using it. MKBHD looks like he's using it. It's like, yep. no matter how broken it is and rough, they love it so much. Uh, I'm kind of surprised I haven't done it yet, but I am I think we're so close to public beta 1 or at least dev beta 2, which should be Monday, um, which should fix a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, I think either Monday or in July when the public beta drops, I will do it. Yeah, I, I'm going to wait till public beta for all of it, I think. Um, yep, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that, that's about my input. Catalina's fine, um, there's nothing sort of that's, you know, it's not bricked my Mac or anything, um, but it is annoying. I mean, obviously it's a, you know, dev beta one, you know, obviously what, what do you expect? 
Um, but the new Apple TV app, which I've actually had to, or not had to, but I've been using, that's broken as hell. Um, uh, what else is broken? Lots of little things are broken. My audio just stops sometimes for no reason. Um, and I sort of have to just play around until it finally decides to start working again. Um, you were talking about the uh, screen dimming API today. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're watching a video, um, I haven't tested what well, I think it only does it in Apple TV. I don't think it does it when you're on Netflix or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if obviously there's an API that obviously the app tells the screen that I am playing media, please don't dim me and don't turn me off. Um, <laughs> clearly that API is not being called properly on Apple TV. So, uh, it just dims after obviously whatever you have your, uh, obviously, um, your timeout set to. So, uh, yeah, it, that, that, that's broken. Um, which is wonderful. What's more concerning for me, though, is that half of my purchased TV shows and stuff have just disappeared and they're not in there for some reason. Now, what's weird is they're in... If I've been watching them, they're up... They're in the Watch Now section or Watch Next or whatever it's called, Watch Later. Um, but if I go into my library, they're just not there. It's really weird. Like, I've only... I probably have about a third, maybe 40% of, like, my movies and and TV shows that I've actually bought and paid for, only about 40% of them are showing up on Apple TV for some reason, um, which is a bit concerning. Yeah. Do you think it's anything to do with them moving links around, rebranding the iTunes store? Maybe. I mean, because it's, it's still all fine on my Apple TV and my iPad and stuff. Like, there's no issues there, thank God. Um, otherwise, I would be on the phone, obviously. Um but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's just lots of little things that are broken. Like you can click a button and it will click it four times. Um, I've noticed that a couple times. Um, or I can just be it, it. It will be doing nothing, and I'll just sort of I'll notice something in the corner of my eye. I'm looking at something else, and just like oh, okay, so it's like selecting this text box over and over again, and then just immediately getting rid of it again. Is it, yeah, there's just lots of little things. But as I said, it's a dev beta one. So for a dev beta one, like it's not crashing it's kernel panicked a couple of times so i guess it is crashing but i don't know it's not that bad i guess at the end of the day i'm not relying on it for like a a, a for any professional means at the moment so it's fine like it, i'm sure it would have been unusable like it, it would have been broken if we were if i i couldn't record on it now if that makes sense like i, I couldn't do this um really my... is it that bad for you <sighs> i probably could but i wouldn't want to I definitely wouldn't want to, mainly because of the audio problems that I've been having with it. It just, audio just stops for some reason, and I don't know, obviously, with inputs. I don't want to, like, <laughs> I don't want to be recording only for it to be silent. On Mojave just now, though, well, about half an hour ago, my mic got really quiet. I could see from the waveforms, and then it just came back to normal volume. Oh, I actually uh, so heard that. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? It was really yeah, I weird. That. I don't I know what I, that was. Yeah, I, was, I wonder what that was. Because um, I was right up against it, so I don't know what was going on there. I'll fix it in post, I hope. <laughs> Fingers crossed, eh? Now, Catalina's been fine for me. I haven't used it too much because, as I say, it's on my very much secondary Mac. Um, I primarily installed it to get Freezer running in Project Catalyst, and that's really cool, but needs a lot of work before I can even think about putting it onto the Mac App Store. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's cool, and... Uh, uh, I think it's gonna be a fun year, a fun year, and uh, it's one of those years. Big hardware upgrade, uh, sorry, big software upgrades. Probably minor mobile hardware upgrades in the fall. This year's all about Mac hardware. 
um, I think. And uh, so be it. I mean, next year we'll get big iPhone upgrades and probably a year to 18 months from now we'll probably get a major iPad Pro update. Probably not a redesign, but we'll probably start getting OLED screens and 5G and things like that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, the world, the Apple world is good right now. Put it that way. It the Apple is. world is good. It is good. They're listening. We're happy. Everything's still expensive, so we know it's still Apple. Um, but other, <laughs> oh, they other make it that, very no, good. Make it very known. This is still Apple. This is still Apple. <clears> we will still charge you your soul, but you will happily give it to us. But yeah, we haven't even spoken about the Mac Pro, but I think that it needs even longer to sink in. Um, but we can't talk about it before episode twenty-two, right? Yes, twenty-two. We'll have we'll have Mike back on. Uh, I'm gonna make and, sure um, of it. We, definitely. I mean, I'm yeah, yeah. We we need him back on. We did say that he would. Uh, we do another every episode. eleven episodes. We're gonna have a Mike Pro episode. A Mike Pro, Mike Pro. Every twenty-two weeks. Late late 2019. Um. Should be, should still count as mid by then. That's only eight weeks away. So. Uh yeah, I mean, I guess that's the mid-August. Yeah, I, I'm happy to count that as mid. Okay. Cool. I think that uh, that just about does it. It's probably going to clock in as our shortest episode ever, but as I mentioned earlier, I have really limited time to edit this one, so uh, it's going to be a bit like the Dub Dub episode, I'd imagine a bit rough around the edges, but hey-ho, next uh, episode 19 in two weeks should be back to normal length, normal quality you should expect from us wonderful people. Uh, anything else you'd like to add before we uh, close it on out? Mm, not really. My shins hurt. Why do your shins hurt? I don't know. Because, I mean, it's not like we've not been doing much standing up the last week, but today I got I got shin splints, you know? Man, that, that back-to-work feeling hit you hard. Right. Don't at me. Do you think it's just, like, the the, the heat stroke from San Francisco? I think I think it's the standing in one place like at least in, in San Francisco we were constantly on the move you know and Slash when we weren't Starbucks. moving we were sitting down yes in Starbucks, in Starbucks. yeah <laughs> we went to Pete's coffee that, that was cool I, I also experienced Phil's coffee for the first time and I'm in love Pete and Phil have both given you their coffee yeah man I love it I love it when they give me their coffee but we were in San Francisco for a few days after WWDC ended, so we only got back a couple of days ago, even though it's been like a week or so since it ended. Um, and we happened to be there in San Francisco during a massive heat wave. It got up to 37 degrees. It wasn't nice. It was really hot. And then we came back to the UK, and it's like 10 degrees and raining in June. Something's really wrong with the planet. Yeah, right. We're really messing it up. But hey, at least um, they make... Uh macbook airs out of recycled ipads right good old daisy good old daisy thank you very much for listening to this episode everyone uh, if you want to get in touch with the show directly you can use this email address not the one i briefly mentioned earlier that's for a future endeavor if you want to contact us right now you can email us at podcast at blueinkcode.com if you want to find the show notes for everything we discussed or any links to other things we may have referenced, such as the wonderful Apollo Reddit client, uh, you can find them at blueinkcode.com forward slash TBIS forward slash 18, or you should be able to see them right now in your podcast player. I've been Jack Taylor, and I write blueinkcode.com. You can find me on the Instagram or the Twitters as at Taylor, where I do the tweeting. 
Uh, it's getting a bit too frequent for my liking, but there you go. Uh, as always, I've been joined by my lovely co-host, Lex McCone. You can also find him on the Instagram and the Twitters, where he also does the tweetings, as at A. McCohen. I'm going to spell that out for you because it's been a few weeks. At A-M-A-C-E-O-G-H-A-I-N. And we will see you in two weeks' time. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You've definitely got that written down somewhere, right? You did not spell that from memory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I have the whole script written down. (laughs) Oh, okay, fair enough. (laughs) It's exactly the same, pretty much. I was going to say, yeah, it does sound quite procedural. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Although I do know your surname off by heart, actually. I straight up do, Um, even though (laughs) I really do. Uh, I remember it as Mac Eorcane. Actually, same. That's how I do it. No, I, I know it. But that script is entirely written down. I'll send you a picture.